From Rivers Barden Architects, this is Spork in the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passions. In this episode, our resident architects Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden visit with Carrie Bradigam, an artist and jeweler from Houston, Texas. You're definitely coming from a small town. Your parents are like, I don't know about you going into art, but if you want to be an art teacher, like that's a respectable profession. So right, we'll support yeah. we'll support that. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I just so I was there after a semester I just changed to, to fine arts um, and, and studied painting because by then I was out of my parents' house so they couldn't try to influence what I was gonna major in or Carrie Bradigam is a multidisciplinary artist, teacher, and jeweler from Houston, Texas. Joe and Kevin sat down with Carrie to discuss her work as an art instructor, her growth from painter to working with many mediums, and the ideas surrounding her current work. Here's Kevin, followed by Carrie. How long have you been teaching at Lone Star? Um, seven years. Seven years. Cool. Yeah, I came down to, to Houston to teach at Lone Star. Wow. And what, so what are you teaching at uh, Lone Star College? I am teaching variety of art classes so right now I've got painting and drawing um painting is what I painting is what I prefer to teach so um but I teach design art appreciation kind of whatever they need I'm their only full-time studio studio art instructor cool um, so we have a bunch of a bunch of part-time people that help out but sometimes I get thrown into random classes you, is there a coherent theme or something like uh, something in all your classes you're trying to convey to the students yeah, you know, it's kind of hard because we're, we're two-year college, so it's all the, the first-level classes, so they need to get foundations right. in there. which is the most important. Which is the most important, but it's also, like, not always the most fun stuff yeah. to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to make sure my classes all have um, sort of an atmosphere of experimentation. So that's kind of the, the theme that runs through it, is I'm not, even though it's a foundational class, I'm not teaching you, like, this is the one way this has to be done. Um, we go over some of the basics and then we very quickly move into how to play with materials and try non-traditional things. And um, so it's experimentation with materials, I guess, is the, the theme that runs through. Uh, because they come in, especially being in the area that I teach, the Klein High Schools and being part of Houston, um, I never realized how big rodeo art, what a big influence yes. that is yes. on them coming into college. Because in high school, it was all about rodeo art. And rodeo art is, <laughs> it is what it is. But <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have this idea that like good good art has to be these just like photorealistic reproductions of photographs. Right. And I try to break them of that really really quickly. <laughs> right. That's so difficult to have students see the world looking at not something preconceived of what they think something should be, but line or light or texture or what are the fundamentals? Right, yeah. and it's it's funny because I, when I think up exercises for my class, I'm like, this is kind of weird that I'm like forcing them to, to do that in a way. It's like doesn't seem quite natural that um, that that's the way they they get to this this step. Um, you know, but just spending time doing drawings that are just, you know, positive and negative space, black and white, very simple, simple exercises, but then they start to see things in a, a slightly different way, which in a 
beginning level class is really important. And it's really fun to see when they're forced to do something, to, to draw something or to paint something in a manner that they wouldn't have done on their own. And even though it's such a simple exercise, they you can tell that it's created this moment of realization that the work can look differently than they ever thought it could. Mm-hmm. Right. As a student, there's so much about embracing the uncomfortableness of that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not comfortable. <laughs> it's not something that they know. You know, it's like... No, I want you to expand your horizons, you know, be in the place you haven't been before mentally and yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. yeah. So it's so important. We haven't drawn any cows this semester. Okay. What? <laughs> you know this is Texas. Right? I know. I know. I, it's I, March. I, this mean? interview is over. <laughs> well, I think we're done here. Yeah. I don't understand. I mean, you did the texture of cows then, right? The, the texture. Yeah. The, yeah. Cows do have some good texture. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. The, so te- were you teaching before you came to Houston at Lone Star? Or was it something of a new experience of Houston and teaching and, you know? Sort, sort of yes, sort of no. In school or studying, there were always jobs for, for things like that, of, definitely with kids, with art camps and, and whatnot. Uh, and then I taught through grad school, you know, to pay, pay for grad school. You teach your way through it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so I've done that. Yeah. Um, but then I came here right after, right after grad school. So it was my first, like, real, uh, real job teaching out of college that wasn't in the assistantship that's really exciting yeah i didn't think i would still be here seven years later honestly (laughs) it (laughs) It did it did i I just wanted to leave and i thought oh well um i was in indiana so i was like i'll go somewhere not not indiana and uh i got the job for one semester down here and i came down here and thought well it's a job for three months while i figure something else out uh and then i never i never left Wow, yeah, they kept giving you more responsibilities. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. I got classes the next semester, and then I, then when the, the full-time permanent thing came open, I thought, well, I, I enjoyed it, so I thought I'd try it out and stick around, and I got the job, so. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, where are you from originally? I'm from Ohio originally. Um, rural Ohio. It's town Wapakoneta is the name of my town. It's got its Native American name. Yeah, right. Wapakoneta. Yeah. It is the hometown of Neil Armstrong. Oh. Yeah. So that's our that's that's like our one thing. Tiny town of I don't know fewer than ten thousand. Yeah. Wow. Were you taking art classes? So you in high school you said you were. Yeah, in, yeah. Yeah. So I was involved with with art in high school. The art classes and the art club. We we didn't offer a, a lot, but I took what I what I could mm-hmm. um and they had a little my high school had a little art club scholarship and you know I got the got the scholarship to go on and and study and at that point growing up like you just knew that That's for, you're, you're from going. small town Ohio you're going to Ohio State yep. so um I didn't know if I wanted to what I wanted I, I didn't know anything honestly I guess at that point <laughs> um but I didn't know if I wanted to teach or just wanted to um be a professional artist or I tossed around fashion design or graphic sure. design you know, just all the different whatever in the arts um so I actually started out college when I left there with an art education major but that only lasted a semester and 
Ah, oh, art education. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know. You know, your parents are like, definitely coming from a small town. Your parents are like, I don't know about you going into art, but if you want to be an art teacher, like that's a respectable profession. So right, we'll support yeah. we'll support that. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I just so I was there after a semester. I just changed to to fine arts um, and, and studied painting because by then I was out of my parents' house, so they couldn't try to influence what I was going to major in. Or at Ohio State, like what what really made you focus on painting? Like what really got you excited? Well. When I think back on it, it wasn't, it was a very experimental, find your own style. There isn't any wrong way to treat these materials. Um, emphasis on what your, your content and your subject is, and then how to, do you uh, play with the paint or play with the materials in a way that supports the ideas that you're trying to get through, um, rather than teaching a particular style of painting that just... Um, applies to any sort of content or subject that that you might approach in your work. Achieve, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and and so in that environment, I mean, that's when I started playing with a lot of different materials. And now, like, I still paint, uh, and I paint with my students, but the the bulk of my work isn't painting anymore. Um, But, yeah, I guess guess in undergrad, that's when it really started that, because that's when I started doing work with, fibers and with textiles was with painting because you paint on canvas and so then when they have you your instructors constantly have you thinking about your materials and I'm like well canvas it's fabric and what else can I do with fabric and I did take some because I had um thrown around fashion design or something with fashion too so I took some classes I minored in it and and so that I could get some of those classes sure what's your definition of textile um I guess any sort of um, flat surface that is malleable can be manipulated and you know it's not Hmm. solid it can be moved and bent and contorted into so another another form at the extreme I mean aluminum foil yeah so at the extreme like aluminum foil or um, maybe not as extreme but vinyl or something that's uh, that's a a, f- a flat plane that can be bent and moved and manipulated. Mm-hmm. Was that something you were thinking about when you, or was there like an inkling of that when you first started studying painting uh, as an undergrad, that um, passion for textile or for malleability and surface? I maybe didn't um, come into painting thinking that way, but it developed pretty quickly. And I think, well, because I had great some great instructors who who designed weird exercises to to get you to think outside of your outside of your comfort zone pretty early on um and i had a, actually a couple of really great professors i remember one of them she had us create create what was it it was like create a painting out of anything except paint and mm. So that's, you know, it's kind of a classic kind of sounds like, oh, that's such an art school assignment. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do? Um, Mind blown. So, so I, I uh, did an embroidery on canvas that was more, um, instead of being linear, because I was also thinking about how to transform a surface. So if it was just linear, it was going to be a drawing, not a painting, Um, which is so silly, I guess, that we have those those distinctions. Uh, but I did an embroidery that was like really filled the the negative space, and so it wasn't like straight lines, but it was 
sort of filled and transformed and covered this fabric. But it was this little small thing, and I remember I kept it in my in my apartment and like the entire rest of my my time there in undergrad. And I think that was a really influential, like it was always sitting there and I was always thinking about it. And then I continued to play and do more things with embroidery or stitching into paintings um, or painting on non-stretch surfaces. And things where the two of those sort of bled into one another. Um, But yeah, I always had this additional one. And it was really, it was really bad. It was like a portrait or something that I'd filled in and it was... It wasn't good, <laughs> but, but, I, but I was really drawn to it, and uh, I still have it. I don't, I don't display it anymore, but I do still still have it. And It signifies a beginning, though. Yeah, right? like I remember that. I'm like, that was the first one. And I don't think there's many moments in my life, probably in general, or even, but especially like in my little artistic path where I'm like, this was the first one, because usually things just kind of flow or happen and so that's one of the rare things where I'm like I know this one was the first so for some reason it's special to me right so from Ohio State you went to a master's program I did that's when I went to Indiana I went to Indiana State for for that one was that also in painting or is it It was also it was also in painting Uh uh, and I did a we had to do like a kind of a minor area of study and I, I did sculpture classes Cool. For that and so that let me I was doing some soft sculpture and that let me play with fabrics and stuff too nice um, yeah it's actually I mean my my concentration was in painting but I think some of my favorite things I made were actually the sculptures yeah while I was there you're we were looking at your work online it's primarily textile it is and jewelry and jewelry yes yeah and yeah so the textile work kind of continued from the the sculptures and things I was making in graduate school and when I when I came down here and moved here originally we didn't have painting classes yet at at Lone Star and uh so I didn't have a painting studio to work in so oil painting seemed out of the question or I was going to destroy this apartment I was in uh, because I'm not a clean painter (laughs) at all um I was in sort of this slump I guess when I first got here too because I didn't have the studio and it was kind of lots of you know lots of changes and you're you feel like you constantly need to be making work but sometimes you just don't don't have a lot of great ideas come through so I was still making stuff to like make things and keep your hands busy but um but it it was boring boring work (laughs) um so then I started making the jewelry because I since I was working with fabrics and um like some yarns and things I could make some stuff that I was gonna like and and wear and use and I had all these materials already lying around so it really just started out with the materials I had left over from from the artwork but then I'd have ideas for things then that weren't like you couldn't just pull from my yarn and fabric bundle to make and so I just researched on my own like very basic kind of wire forming and like easy simple metal work uh, it's and still yes. yeah a lot of it's still mostly ha- uh, has a lot to do with uh, or is dependent on yarns or or fibers but now I have some I have a little more leeway in what I can <laughs> what I can do with it because I have some some other skills from the uh, graces of YouTube that I can YouTube well, University <laughs> yes <laughs> part of that's YouTube part of that also goes back to that undergrad exploration of 
being okay to explore different materials and yeah, learn how to yeah. use them. And then you start to see the similarities. You know, you start to recognize that metal isn't that different than fabric. It's just a little stiffer and Yeah. It's a the jewelry's been a it's been a that's been a fun ju- journey because it's something I never thought I was going to do. And right. now I think a lot of times in if I run into people in Houston who are familiar with my work, more times they're familiar with my jewelry than my hmm. than my other work. Yeah. What's the role of um kind of touched on it a little bit about the natural abstraction in lamps landscapes what um are you tuning into particular landscapes or what um what, what's your process through abstracting that through your through your art yeah so with the the natural landscapes um series series of works i was thinking about uh places that like there are certain places that I that I remember and that I feel familiar and at home, but I could be somewhere else and it's a place similar, and you kind of get that feeling that rushes mm-hmm, over you mm-hmm. again, so this nostalgic feeling, and it's probably a combination of things. It's not just what the place looks like, but it could be like the certain time of year, the weather, whatnot. But it just feels good when mm-hmm. you remember that place. And so I thought, oh well, if I abstract these places that kind of do this for me down to like a really simple form um, and a really kind of the, the, the essence of what they are, maybe just some colors or shapes or keep them really vague and give them names that are rather, rather vague, not a specific place, but it's like a place of a hill or a um, field or something like that, that when someone else views it, they might remember like a place that kind of does that for them. Too. Read their own story into it. Yeah, what they get back. Yeah, from, or their yeah. own own place they've they've been and feel comfortable with, or place they visited and might might remember um, that it doesn't become a place specific that you're like I've never been there. It's a place everybody has been at some mm-hmm. point. In an abstract sense. In yeah. an abstract sense, yep, yeah, yep, some place yep. that mm-hmm. anybody could have visited or 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 been. Um, Taking a step back, it's interesting okay. talking about uh, your landscape and the abstraction and that connection because uh, one of the things uh, we try to do is just kind of continuously simplify mm-hmm. the ideas and the design. Um, like it's really hard to do a very simple design. It's very easy to kind of keep layering on complication and complication, but it's, it's really that simplicity that really communicates the ideas. It's a lot more difficult to not just do a one-to-one photorealistic like that. It's like, I know what the landscape looks like, and this is, uh, you know, to clearly articulate it versus the abstraction and get the emotion and the vibe and the feel for other people to go, oh, I've, you know, I feel like I've been here instead of, nope, that's that hill, that's that hill, three hills to the right of where I was, so I don't know this hill at all, but... It's having that connection and being able to... It's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think for that reason, a lot of the subjects that I do, um, I do several several of them, different designs of them, and not all, well, definitely not all, get get seen at the, the end. But, um, but some of them do. So sometimes I'll do... I'll be working on... For the meadows, for example, are ones that I really liked when I came up kind of how I arrived at it and continued and did sort of this series of them, although I'm not thinking of them as a series to begin with where I'm not mm-hmm. setting out to, I'm going to create a series of meadows. It's that I was trying to figure out 
how to make a meadow. And then when I, when I came up on my meadow, I, I really liked the idea of it. But then I'm like, well, what, what would it look like in these colors? Or what would it look like in this size? And, and then it continues. And I end up making seven or eight meadows. And that's all I've done in a year is make mm-hmm. meadows. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because it takes a while to get to, yeah. Yeah, to get to that point. And then when you get to it, it's this strange decision you have to make of, is this it? Is it done? Do I move on now? Or right. is there still more to to discover, to explore with this thing? And is it not quite time to, to move on yet? <laughs> That's an interesting conversation, especially in today's world where I feel like, uh, especially with, with the rapid pace of social media and the internet, where we're constantly looking for what's the new next thing instead of allowing ourselves to really explore an idea Mm-hmm. And it's it's really hard sometimes to do that deep dive and to really come away with that uh, learned mm-hmm. education, that experience. Yard, uh, I like the way that you you described like how I came upon my meadow. You know, it's it's like your uh, the analogy that just came into my mind was like really like you're almost like on a hike. Mm-hmm. And you're traveling between meadows or something and you're you know it's like no this isn't it so i have to hike some more and then i have to keep working for it right yeah to yeah discover what is that meadow that that i've been searching for but not that you have a preconceived idea about what it is but you know what the you know what the feeling is that you want out of it you know what it's not not that the one that you that the meadow that you've come upon is exactly how you first, you know, thought it would be when you, um, you know, started the journey of trying to discover, but. Absolutely. It's never, never what I thought it was going to be when I, when I started out, um, which going back to teaching is probably one of my largest frustrations that I have as, um, as an educator is when, the students just, you know, they take their first idea and they, and, and that's it. And they go with it. <laughs> oh gosh. And I, I had this, um, I read an artist statement a couple weeks ago from one of my students too, that like in the artist statement was your first idea is your first idea for a reason. Like go with your gut and do it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, okay, how do we go from here? Yeah. Is this your first idea of your artist statement? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so come back to it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Carrie. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this was awesome. less stressful than I, than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun. We had a great time. Good. Yeah. Yeah. For more information on Carrie and her work, visit CarrieBradigam.com. That's K-A-R-I-B-R-E-I-T-I-G-A-M.com. A special thanks goes out to our guest, Carrie Bradigam, to our interviewers extraordinaire, Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden, and to everyone out there listening to and enjoying this Season 3 of Spork in the Road podcast. This episode was written, produced, edited, narrated, and music by Scott Barton. For more information on Spork in the Road and Rivers Barton Architects, visit riversbarton.com. <laughs>